Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Parkins and Spiegel Show. If y'all ready, give me a hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. We have put together something really intergalactically stupid it's remarkably stupid parkinson spiegel qb1 town hall people are gonna yell at me we have just independence yes calibratarians I, I, and undecided undecideds yes cube undecideds no <laughs> i like skirt steak it's delicious but if the a5 wagyu is on the menu it's better and in this weird case it's cheaper we will start with our twitch mob and normal tom danny i'm going to use your analogy against you your cube steak or whatever it was wagyu. caleb williams hasn't played one minute in the nfl so you might end up with baloney who's next all right you're looking for answers let's go back to undecided all joining right. us from bleacher nation cubs and bears Blue. I love the steak comp. I can't trust everyone's cooking. Can you convince me that I can trust who's cooking? Uh, no. No. That scares me. Joe Aurelio joining us here on stage. Joe Aurelio, everybody. Right. Aurelio's Pizza. Remember, it's the sauce. It's the sauce. It's the sauce. Thanks, thank you, Joe. Hey, everybody. Turn around. Mark Grody's in the house. Yeah. I heard there was booze here, too. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dave the Cat. Shout out. Yeah, we're just going to yell things that we know about Mark Grody. Shane's. He loves Les Grobstein. Illinois State Broadcasting Hall of Fame. Alcoholic, yeah. <laughs> you said it, not me. This guy over here is like, whoa. <laughs> he said it. Everyone give it up for Olin Cruz. The best. I know you know this, Olin. I've never been in the NFL as a player. Uh, no. Do you think, okay, that was a little quick. That was a little quick. And I've never been a debate champ at Thank New Trier, so Thank we're you. even. Yeah. <laughs> a ton of textures are saying, put Dino from Mount Greenwood on. I'm worried about the process. It's, you're chasing a unicorn. You're always destined to fail. And it's just like the TL, TLC song. I won't say, I won't do the whole thing oh like I was God, planning on. But, you know, you don't want to chase waterfalls. That's going to lead to just disaster, I think. If you so, always are is looking. Justin Fields the rivers and the lakes yes. that you used to? Justin Rivers is the fields and the lakes that you used to. Okay. Thank you, Spiegel. I knew you got it. I got you. I'm really All glad right. we went to Tino. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'll chase the waterfall. You will? Yeah. Don't don't go doing that. Much more exciting. I think a... you're moving too fast. You guys were absolutely fantastic. Give yourselves a round of applause. Seriously, everybody, Seriously you guys everybody were fantastic. No matter who the quarterback is, we don't want them to be no scrub. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm 
Jerry, I love this guy. Always coming up with these great lines. I love him. I love him. We go for one, two, three. And here we go, Jeff. Here we go. Here we go, Jeff. Here we go, Tony. The Parkins and Spiegel Show. Afternoons from 2 to 6 on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Great day yesterday. I'd like to have that one back. You would? Yeah, like that line. Ah, I don't believe you. You have so many lines like it. <laughs> You're so proud of yours. You said to me off air I was two so happy. hours ago. Was you so got to just make yourself laugh. Yeah, it's true. That's true. So what are you talking about? I did, I did, I did make myself laugh. Yeah. I know. You don't want it back. Now you're probably right. Yeah, I know you better We're than you back, know yourself. Baby. There We're we back. go. Yeah. There we go. Uh, truly a great day yesterday, though. Thank you to it everybody was. who came out and listened and interacted on social. It was uh, it was uh, it was different. Uh, we never want people to say, "Oh, I'm going to tune in," and I know that it's always going to be the exact same thing with those guys. And I know that you say about Parkins, all you do is talk about Caleb Williams, uh, but. Try to always keep it fresh, repackage this sort of thing. Because if, if we get stale, then it'll get stale for the audience. Yeah. So we just tried something new, and uh, some people liked it, some people hated it, but we're going to always try new things. Yeah, no, I, I think I think that's a great ethos, and I think it keeps it fresh and keeps the whole thing vibrant. It's kind of, it's why uh, things happen uh, right here on this show. That's but the plan. Th- there was a moment yesterday, I think it was Brian from Sugar Grove, who said that he'd been going through some tough times, and he just appreciated that we were there for him with just every day. And that's that's the stuff, man. And so just like seeing everybody and getting a chance to press the flesh, we want to get out um, as much as we can and do remotes. But if we can do stuff like this and bring you to us, I think it's something we will continue to explore. It's great. Yeah, it was uh, it was a ton of fun. So we appreciate all of the support uh, for the idea. I had to hold myself back so much, by the way, when he said that to say specifically tell us what's going on. (laughs) I wanted so badly to hear the details about Brian and Sugar Grove stuff. (laughs) That was the forum for it. It's a town hall. We're all talking. We're all all very supportive. Getting it out. Yeah, yeah, we're open and honest with things that are going on in our lives. So, yeah, come on. Let's go. I saw my kid yesterday. Saw Ruby yesterday. Didn't hate me as much as usual. It was great. You know what I mean? Congrats, Thanks, man. Thanks, buddy. That's awesome. Yeah, it's been tough uh, times, but, you know, 12, okay. right? Yeah, 12. he's 12. Oh, That's... starting to pull away. Yeah. He'll be back, though. When he's 17. 17's when you've know. decided. I don't know. I don't know, but he was kind of back yesterday. It was nice. Yeah, I think Mr. Danny, be... please edit that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I think he'll be back before then. It'll just be intermittent for maybe the rest of your life. Yeah. yeah. I, I told my brother, who's got two older ones, I said, yeah, you know, he's, he's starting to pull away. And he said, well... You had a good run, <laughs> which I thought was lovely. Thanks. But, you know, that, that's the way of the world. You don't have that. You're still in the, the, the pure joy phase. Your kid is, he wore his Blackhawk sweatshirt to school, didn't he? Wanted to, he was off for President's Day. Am I going to school today? No. So he goes Monday, Wednesday, Friday. On Wednesday, he's like, I want to wear my Blackhawks uh, hoodie today. I was like, you do? He's like, I want to tell my friends about the Blackhawks game. Oh, man. It's unbelievable. <laughs> like, do you remember the guy who scored the goal's name? He goes... Connor and I'm like Bedard. He's like Bedard, and so yeah, he remembered. And then you know the ice cream and the zamboni. Oh sure, but those those are his three takeaways. Actually, it's four that he went on an Owen Data adventure. He knows that I was excited that Connor Bedard scored a goal or Connor somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got him a sweatshirt. Got him a sweatshirt. The ice cream, the zamboni. It was a it was a the huge best. win. Yeah. Eli runs and gives me a hug when I get home. It's the greatest Owen. 50-50. Uh, but today, after after the pancakes, 
came up to me and gave me a hug. She said, Dad, I love you. Same brother used to pay his son to come and give him a hug when he stopped doing it. I respect that. <laughs> I can see. He's I can, like, I miss the hug. I'll give you a few bucks every time you do it. So it extended it for another couple of months. I can see that. I, I throw money at every other problem. Right? It's a good expense. Uh, it's a good expense. All right. So Bears, very exciting time. Bulls going nowhere rapidly. White Sox, maybe the worst team uh, in the sport with dysfunction all around it. But they are rebuilding, and Speaks just uh, told us that they're going to be a work stoppage in three years. <laughs> so right when they're getting good again, they won't even play. Oh. So thanks for that. <laughs> I'd forgotten about that earlier. That's exciting. That's exciting. Yeah, just yeah. in three years when they're just starting to put it together, that season's going to get canceled. That last that. work stoppage, though, is when we got our best content from players because we didn't have to go to PR. <laughs> so hopefully in three years, even better content from the players. Look at that. Good spin point. zone. Good point. Good spin by there. Very good. That's yo, uh, yo. Hawks, exciting because of Bedard. Exciting event this weekend with Chelios, but obviously not a good team. The team that is supposed to be the good team, the winning team, the team that is ready to win a division and then get into the playoffs and see what happens and maybe compete with the championship and the best run team in town, the big bad Chicago Cubs. Mm-hmm. And you guys know I'm not much for practice sports. Like I don't I don't love preseason football. I don't love spring training. I like it when there's enough sports in this town. I like the, the when the games that matter. And so I but I'm I'm following it because it's the job well, and I love for, the good, Cubs. You know, good for you. Thank you. But okay. So I, I go to the athletic, yeah, and the top two Cubs stories, and the athletic still employs multiple Cubs beat writers, so sure. they they it's, they do great coverage. One story is Dansby Swanson, who wanted to be involved in the off season and was the mm-hmm. big expenditure of last off season. Is Dansby Swanson satisfied with the Cubs spending this off season? Like, all right, that doesn't sound like too uplifting of an article. Yeah, what's the next one? The next piece. How will the Cubs replace Cody Bellinger's offense if there isn't Cody Bellinger? This is bleak stuff. Mm. And so okay, but- I have been I have been hesitant to want to do this exercise. Yeah. Because I think I'm like, Jed doesn't go to the convention and say it's the fifth inning of the offseason if they're not planning to do more stuff. And then they've signed another reliever since, but then at the opening of spring training, he's like, Yeah, the relievers are up in the bullpen. For the offseason, but the Boris clients still haven't signed. Is it time to at least examine what this team will look like? A, if they don't have Cody Bellinger. B, as they sit here today on February 22nd, are they a better or worse team than last year? They're a worse team than last year. I, I, I No I'll, Stroman, no Bellinger, but they have Imanaga. They added a couple of bullpen pieces. Right? Hector Neris. Hector Neris. Um, yes, at, at Hector Neris. There's some... a lot of young kids who are in theory ready to produce both that will start with the big league club and those that won't. Michael Bush is is in all likelihood your opening day first baseman, and after a cup of coffee with in the majors with with the Dodgers, he'll get a real chance here. Um, but you don't know if Pete Crow Armstrong is going to hit. You really don't know if Michael Bush is going to hit. Um, third base is uh, is some kind of mix right now of wisdom who is strikeout or Homer or nothing um, or Madrigal who at his best is not much more than a replacement level player, despite all his work at third base. 
Um, Morrell can hit the ball, but we have no idea if he can play the position defensively, and he more likely than not cannot. He's probably your DH. Um, I, I do like, I do believe that Miguel Amaya for a full year is going to be an upgrade over Tucker Barnhart and other stuff. But no, they need Cody Bellinger to, for you to feel good, I, and that's even with me assuming there will be some improvement from 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 some people. Um, you know, because there will be some improvement, but they they're banking on improvement and managing. Improvement and coaching is what they're banking on as of right now. I'm not as bothered by replacing Stroman as as you are just because his second half was, you know, an, an injury-riddled disaster. But the wins in the first half count. I know, but you've got Jordan <laughs> Wicks for a full year. I, I'm a big believer in Jordan Wicks. I love that dude. And Imanaga. So you add those two in. Tyone can't be worse. Like no, I, Ty, I agree. Tyon can't be worse, and and I think he's going to be better. So I'm not, I'm not as, I'm not as bothered by Strowmanlessness in terms of the rotation. But offensively, if you ask me right now, are are they better? No. But he's okay. So, but they're not done. I agree, they're not done, and I, I, I agree with you. I agree. Is this rotation Steele, Imanaga, Tyone, Hendricks, Wicks? Is that rotation? A top ten rotation in baseball. That's the right. It's the right number. And obviously, they have other young guys. You know, but Ben Brown can be a star. Kate Horton, I understand that. Uh-huh. But and they, they've got serious front end of the rotation upside that aren't here yet. Yeah, like, Ben Brown and Kate Horton could absolutely be part of this mix, and they might go six man at some point, or one of those guys might force their way in at some point. Um, it's probably right around ten. I haven't I haven't looked at that hardcore yet, but it's probably right around there, somewhere between eight and twelve. Okay, something like that because it's deep. It, it, it is deep, and Steele was phenomenal. Steele is a top five Cy Young guy. He phenomenal. There's there's obviously there's a lot. Is, is that going to continue? And he's all of a sudden just going to be Justin Verlander, and he's going to give you that every year. Or is it more likely like Dylan Cease, who had a top five Cy Young year and then regresses and is a good, talented pitcher who has good days and bad days? Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't, I don't, listen, I love Justin Steele. I bet him at 27 to one to be Cy Young last year. The, the demeanor on the mount, everything about him is incredible, but it's much more likely that last year's a career year as opposed to he's now a top five pitcher in the National League for the next five years. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know about the next five years. And the next three years. Next, or, or, yeah, I mean, it's hard to obviously predict about the health. The thing is, the way that he's able to vary his pitches yes. and the control he has with that cut-ride fastball, he can do it different ways. The way that he can make the slider actually be like a curveball and change the trajectory of it and the speed of it means he's got adjustments re- at the ready. So you don't think that times. he's a prime regression candidate? I, I, I don't actually, I don't, okay. I, I, I think, I think the way that that slider moves and his ability to control the pitches and vary the speeds means like it, if they start to pick up on something, he can mess with people. Sixth in baseball in ERA. Yeah. Last year. So I it just, it just, it strikes me as I'll bet he's top 10 in ERA again. I, I I think they I think okay. they, I think they found something. I, I again I they they did find something. Mm-hmm. Like, you I, know think what they, I, mean? I think they found a keeper. They, they 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 did find a keeper. He's he's very very good, but a three zero ERA and a like 
a 3-4 ERA from Justin Steele would still be sure. a huge keeper and a huge find and a hugely valuable thing, mm-hmm. and it would still be a pretty significant backslide yeah. from, from last year. You know, So I, I just think I, I'm looking at basically guys who are going to get be better than last year versus guys who are going to be le- uh, worse than last year and seeing which column has more names in it is kind of what I was trying to do. And without Bellinger Mm -hmm. and without Stroman, who was an all-star off of his first half, it just, there's not a ton of guys that I can see being, I mean, Saya is one. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do the exercise. I I think Saya absolutely found something after his benching. And I think you are going to get a better year from Saya. I, I think you're going to get a better year from Saya. I think mm-hmm. you're going to get a more offensive production from first base because it would be basically impossible to get less. Okay. And I think you'll have a full year of Morel, you know, unless unless they deal him or unless something happens. And they didn't have his, what, how many homers did he hit at AAA that first month? I should know, but I always forget. 13, 15, something he, ridiculous. He hit 26 homers in the big leagues last year. Yeah. So I, I think... He hit a lot of home runs, man. He really did. He hit a lot of home runs. Is is Christopher Morell a 40 home run guy? I don't think so. He's probably, I think he's a 30 home run guy. Yeah, I I agree. He's probably a 30 home run guy. That'd be more. Okay, that would be more. um, I gave you a catching position overall with Gomes and Amaya. Gomes had a pretty good offensive year. But with Amaya getting at bats uh, instead of Barnhart and the other crap that they put out there for the second catcher last year, I think you could could make the case that they'll get more out of the catcher position. Yeah, I mean, Carter Hawkins, when we asked him for a name of a guy to be better this year or to break out, uh, first name he said was Amaya. Mm -hmm. So, sure. (laughs) Sure. Okay. Okay. I, 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 I'll, I'll give you a catcher. I, ca- sure. Catcher will be better. All right. So, so that's catcher, first base, right field. Yep. And and maybe Morel as DH or third, depending on 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 where he ends up playing the most. At this point, I can't bank on getting more from Ian Happ. It's a pretty big body of work now. I can't even bank on getting more from Bellinger if he's back. Like get, give him Bellinger for the for the exercise. Bellinger's not going to be better next year than he was last year. Well, that, but, but you're getting off the exercise. You got to finish the exercise. You got to do 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 ten reps at least. Okay, but you said that he would be here. I, so, I so, do so, think he'd be here. Okay, well, th- listen, they're, they're, they're we haven't worth, gotten a Nico. They're worse at center if it's Talkman, uh-huh. and I think they're worse at center if it's Bellinger. So either name, they're getting less from center field. Right now, it's dramatically less from center field. Right. Okay. Yes. How about Nico? You think you can get more from Nico? I mean, he works his ass off, and you know he wants it, to get better every it, possible year. It feels like you can get better. Yeah, I actually do think that run production, Nico, can be better. I, there, I His OPS feels like it can be closer to 800. I think that that is in play for him. He's talked about knowing that he hasn't unlocked power mm-hmm. uh, at the big league level. He works out like crazy. Uh, obviously a gold glover last year hit for a great average uh, but it I do think that he could take a few more walks but more likely add to that in terms of some some slug yeah I, I do think that there's a little bit more for Nico as an offensive player only nine home runs and 49 walks uh, for Nico uh, last year I think it's more likely that he adds to the power than the walks but I think that both are 
you know, I think he can. I think he can improve his OPS of seven thirty. Yeah, I think that can improve. I, I think I think that can improve. Um, I don't know if he's going to steal more than forty three bases. No, I don't. I but hey, you know how, how many people stole forty bases in MLB last year? Six. That's it. It's going to be my guess. Yeah, was it really? Uh, yeah, sure. yeah, I didn't even let you guess. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, so, all right. So we've got him better, slightly better at second, mm-hmm. and that's we love Nico. We're not going to say he's going to be worse. Uh, better at first. Better at catcher. I guess better with Morrell. That's close. And better in right. The same or worse in left. Worse in center. Assume you're saying a little worse, Dansby? I mean, he's very good and very consistent. He's yeah. a consistent ball player. Yeah. Um, they they do need some more. They I, I think they do need some more from him. Okay. Yeah. I mean, o- OPS below 750 last year. Yeah. It'd, be, it'd be nice to be better. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, just so phenomenal as a as a shortstop and as a leader. It, it, I, it, the defense is just outrageously great. Yeah, I think the I don't know the, the manager will get more out of everybody that you and they're can banking roll. on it. They're, they're it, banking on uh, it. Good. Fine. It's a it's a good place to upgrade. I um and, and I it just I don't know. I think they're going to add Bellinger still, and it'll feel better. But I didn't think they had enough power last year with Bellinger. I agree, man. So I agree that there more more needs to come. It's an interesting moment right here with the Boris Four. Uh, David Sampson said it yesterday with Mully and Haw. John Heyman kind of echoed it today that these guys are going to get short deals. They're most likely going to get short deals at this point. That's what the league is telling them. And if that's the case, that plays into the Cubs' hand. With with Bellinger, if if league wide, and you know, I, th- there's just not many options. I I got a little I got a little little stuff on Bellinger today from um from a source, Danny. That it it goes right with what we have talked about. That Boris is looking for over two hundred million dollars. Good luck. And, and my source, who's very well connected in MLB, thinks the Cubs would go. 250 that they would go to 150 they might even go a little bit higher than that but that Boris is holding out for 200 and the reasoning is what I had surmised the other day that he wants to show the world that if you're 27 years old and you sign a one-year prove-it deal and then ball out like Cody Bellinger did you're gonna get 200 million dollars you're gonna get that big deal and he doesn't want to set the precedent of not delivering that for every other client in his stable for years and years to come. So he, so he's it's about his shoulder chip, and that's the game that's being played right now. I found it encouraging that the source said the Cubs would go to 150 or maybe yeah, a little more. Yeah, they'll probably more. get him then. If he, if, he, if he wants to be here and they'll go to $150 million and he wants 200 and it ends at 170 then he'll probably be here. That also strikes me as a very small amount of money relatively to be holding up the the market, holding up $50 this. million? Dollars? Uh, hey, relatively. <laughs> I, don't, I don't agree. <laughs> I, I don't agree. That's, that's relatively a, that's a third of the contract value. 150 to 200, It'd right? It'd be one-fourth of it. One-fourth of it. Yeah, they sure. got all yeah, the yeah, way yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they got all the way there. Yeah. 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 You, you don't agree that that is I don't agree that small, that's a small amount of money. But it's not like <laughs> two years, 70 million versus six years, 200. It's not 130. That is more money. <laughs> I nailed that. <laughs> you, you did. You did. 
I can't get anything by this guy. I mean, I'll, I try. I'm on fire today. I throw the Imanaga stuff at him. Yeah. I throw the steel stuff at him. I can't get anything by him. <laughs> Fouling it all off. Mm-hmm. $130 million is more than $50 million, But $50 million is still big. I still think they're going to get Bellinger. I, I, right. I think they, but I do, too. At this point, they need to. It'd be nice. I don't. I don't love their chances in the division as currently constructed. I'll tell you that much right now. Yeah. I, I mean, the the newly reformed Cardinals pitching staff is obviously one thing, but man, the Reds. The Reds are going to rise up one of these years. The Reds are going to rise up and win that damn division. And it. it they might have done enough. They might have added enough for it to be now. Coming up, there is a a comeback story of sports. Not not of sports of sorts. Uh, happening this weekend. <laughs> kind of gave it away there a little bit. And uh, <laughs> been wanting to talk about it for weeks, honestly. Very excited. It's next on The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Everybody, we are live. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Strange twists and turns with the guys over there on the Parkinson Spiegel Show. Afternoons on the score. We're having a little White fun. White people used to be cool in America. <laughs> Long time ago, dude. The height, the height of white people being cool was us going, we're like, man. That was as cool as we got. We're like, man, see, man. And then the day white people stopped being cool was Jackie Robinson's first game. You can look it up, dude. You can find it. You can find the radio call from that game online. You can hear the exact moment white people stopped being cool. You can hear the announcers. They still got there like, man. Welcome to Chicago where the White Sox take on the Brooklyn Dodgers. We all had cool white nicknames. Like, up at the mound is old Curly. He's a 47-year-old alcoholic. He's the greatest athlete alive. Runs a six-second, 40-yard dash. Fastest man alive, they say. Then it happened, dude. And Jackie came up to the plate. You can hear the announcers like, meh. Coming up to the plate is young Codbar from Brooklyn. No way he can hit Curly's pitch. Here comes the pitch. Home run. All right. This weekend, the host of Saturday Night Live is one of the biggest stand-up comedians in the world and arguably the single hottest stand-up comedian in the world right now in terms of, like, stock up and the rise and the run that he's on, Shane Gillis. And I know these guys are huge fans, and they've seen him live. I have not yet seen him live. Very badly want to. Uh, he's incredibly funny, but the SNL story is remarkable. He was hired in uh, September of 2019 and hours after the hire was announced, a freelance comedy journalist had dug up some 
some racist stuff from uh, bits that he had done previously, and they immediately pivoted and did not hire they, him. Yeah, fired him before he even started. And that was 2019, and it was for bad jokes and contact uh, quotes that were out of context, some of them, and some of them were just not funny, but it was comments on a podcast, right? And he got he, fired. He was riffing on Chinatown on a podcast. And- yeah, but so he, so he, gets, so he gets fired. And now he's back. Gets to host where they hired him for two hours. Well, there's a, and there's a long history of this at SNL. Like, Norm MacDonald famously wouldn't stop doing the OJ jokes because OJ was friends with Dick Ebersol, mm-hmm. and he told him to stop, and they fired Norm from Weekend Update, and then he came back and hosted the show. And did in one of the most famous monologues in the history of the show. Either th- like either I got a lot funnier or the show got a lot less funny. And he just torched SNL in his monologue. Uh, Adam Sandler, when he came back and hosted, he did an opening song on how he got the best of SNL for never being able to use him. And now his movies have grossed $4 billion worldwide <laughs> in, in his mind. So there's a long history of this. Of them leaning into... Uh, of, them acknowledging, of them acknowledging the comedic mistake. Because Shane Gills is also an incredibly accomplished s- sketch comedian. But he's just done it on his own ventures. and not, It's a YouTube show, right? Is that the primary place for it? For for his sketch work, well, no, the Gillian Keeves is like a a, a pro- produced like specials and ser- you know episodic sketch comedy series. Gillian Keeves, and he's also got a very popular podcast where he has athletes on there yeah. all the time. Yeah, yeah, but they have their own platform for it. Gillian Keeves. Okay. Yeah, I like they they sell it like the Louis C.K. model. You sell it directly to your consumers. Okay, right. Yeah. Okay, th- there we go. Thank you. Uh, but so he's accomplished in that world too, and so he's gonna crush it. On Saturday, but it's interesting to think about like the context of person coming back to show that then becomes bigger than show. Uh-huh. Like John Stewart is back at the Daily Show, sure, and he's bigger than the Daily Show. But clearly, yeah, sports comp would be trading a prospect away, and then he blows up for the other team, and you have to live with that. And then he comes to town. Yeah, like Justin Fields. <laughs> hey, there you go. There you go. I was thinking maybe Ryan Sandberg going back to Philly, something like that. Justin Bears. Fields is going to come back and headline the Chicago Theater. Bears. Cole Komet. Cole Komet and the Bears. Tanny and I were there, baby. South oh, yeah. Bend, watching South- him at college game day. So- How many times have you guys seen him live? Shane uh, just once for me. Yeah, just, just once. Just the one time in South Bend? Yeah. Okay. All right, so I watched some of Beautiful Dogs. I didn't get all the way through it just because the the timing of, of the night. But can we hear some more good stuff that you like about Shane Gillis? Yeah, this is from his first special recorded in Austin. Like one of the first specials to come out after COVID. And it, like this is what first put him on the map. Is one of my favorite sports bits of recent vintage. I don't like, uh, I don't like Alabama football. I, watched, I just watched this documentary on Alabama football. It's great. It's about, well, it's not, I don't know. I don't know if you should say it's great. But... <laughs> It's about, it's about Alabama football. It's about when they desegregated their football team. So up until this point, Alabama football was just white. All right? And everybody down there was pumped on that. They would pack the stadium. Everyone would be like, look at all those whites. Running around, catching it. And look, I'm not knocking them too hard because I still have a little bit of that in me. You know, like if a white guy catches the ball on Sunday, I'm like, oh, shit. 
go, 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 go. <laughs> ah, they got him. They got him. It's a tough run, a smart run. Heads <laughs> up run there. <laughs> but no, they took it too far. And uh, so the documentary focuses on that. It focuses on Bear Bryant. Bear Bryant, legendary head coach. He was the head coach that brought the first black players onto the team. So the whole documentary is like celebrating Bear Bryant. They're like, way to go, Bear. You did it. What a hero. And then you find out it was 1971. <laughs> like, oh, a little late for high fives on this one, fellas. <laughs> Holy s***, 71? Like we had been to the moon. <laughs> there were literally people on the moon before Alabama had black guys in their secondary. Does anyone understand? There were white corners. White cornerbacks. You understand how preposterous that is? Some of, some of you are too young to have ever even seen a white corner. They're extinct. They don't exist. There, there's two left at the San Diego Zoo. And they won't, they won't reproduce. You'll never see a white corner. But that's what happened. It wasn't like, the reason they desegregated the team, it was, that's what the documentary focuses on, which is great, because it wasn't like, oh, hey, fellas, it's 1971. Maybe we should get with the times. What happened was Alabama scheduled USC, Southern Cal. Alabama was confident. They're like, oh, white boys are, <laughs> we'll take on anybody. And then USC came down to Alabama with a bunch of black dudes from LA, just beat the <laughs> out of Alabama. <laughs> And then after the game, Bear Bryant gave like a speech and he was like, hey, y'all, come on. <laughs> that was it. That's all it took. Everybody down there was like, yeah, we get it. We'll, we'll, we'll be less racist. Oh, my God. It's funny. Hilarious. Hilarious. I might watch the monologue live. I don't know the last time I've watched it. I actually probably do. Chappelle. Ch Chappelle after the election, after the first Trump election. That was a that was a must watch live monologue. I don't know that I've watched a live monologue since though. Might watch it live Saturday night. I'm very very excited to see what his SNL humor is because it's a there's a it's a legendary list of people that have come back and kind of crapped all over the institution. Most mm -hmm. people do it and are like in reverence of it. Like he's a, he has a it's a short group of people who can just come back and be like, I won. I am now, SNL needs Shane Gillis more than Shane Gillis needs SNL. It's an incredible thing. <laughs> so you sound um, like a little envious of, what, he could spike the ball, right? Yes. He, he, he and could I'm sure and he should. Would, I, don't, I don't think he will do it, like, he's not going to napalm it. He's going to do the sketches. Like, mm -hmm. but, but I, he is, it's just like a rare moment. And I, I, I like the, the independence of comedy and like the meritocracy of comedy. At, in 2019, Shane Gillis definitely needed SNL with where he was in his career. Mm -hmm. He lost it. And then through sheer hard work and talent, he became, he's one of the 10 biggest stand-ups in the world right now. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So like now SNL is thrilled to have him as opposed to the other way around. It's just, it's an, it's an awesome story of perseverance and talent. I get it. I get it. I will, I will, I will DVR. The last time I watched SNL was when Nate Bargatze was, was hosting, and I thought that entire episode was great. That's a very funny stand-up comic who, like, and it's, it's unlikely that he would have ever gotten this big. He's gotten this big because he's great. He's great. Because yeah. there's, there's a meritocracy about it. It just keeps churning it out, being good, and, and you can rise. You gonna watch it live? You pumped? Um, yeah, I'll probably try and watch it live. I'll be honest with you. So, like, I, you know, 
from what I've seen recently of SNL, I feel like it is on the uptick, right? Like, I feel like it's getting better because I think for a number of years there, they were definitely a little too politically self-indulgent and it's just not funny anymore. So I was one of the people that I haven't really watched in a long time. Uh I will consume, like, if something pops and goes viral on social, I'll consume it, you know what I mean? But I feel like Speaks can speak to it, like the the Bargatze episode. I I watched pretty much all those sketches. All the sketches, dude, and it felt like the writers absolutely clued into his persona and his personality and found a way to write to him, and it worked really well. And that's that's what you're looking for. You're looking for connective tissue throughout yeah. the whole thing when the host is that big. And SNL was a big part of my life for many years, so I'm hoping, like, you know, I'll, I'll give it a shot and watch from start to finish, and and maybe I'll be back. Maybe be back next week. Well, I think I'll be probably back next week with it, next week's guest hosts. Yeah, <laughs> Sydney, <laughs> Sydney Swinney and Casey Musgraves, oh, baby. Oh my god, that's Shane's episode. It's my Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big episode, man. Hey, hot take. City Sweeney, Casey Musgraves, pretty girls. Yeah, that's yeah. They're gonna they're gonna have a good run of ratings. Reminder: last time Casey Musgraves performed on SNL, she did it naked oh, behind yeah. a guitar. Oh, that's right. Oh. What do you think? We're there's gonna be no guitar this time. <laughs> that was just gonna be naked. That'd be good for ratings. I don't know. It sounds like in her new song, she said she gave up gravity bongs. She, she gave up taking gravity bong hits. Yeah, I'm interested if that's just the gravity bongs or weed in general. <laughs> that's a good question. That'd be a good follow-up question. Yeah. Absolutely. She's Spe- on the show tomorrow, so we'll ask her. <laughs> Something Speaks is afraid to watch tonight. Parkins and Spiegel on the score. Parkins and Spiegel show flashback. 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 And that will bring out the skipper, Joe Madden, as a two-out hit. And that's what we talked about. Might end up getting Chapman into the ball game. And the Indians have a man at the plate who represents the tying run. Rajay Davis. And the 2-2 pitch from Chapman. Davis drives with a deep left down the line in the corner. That ball is a home run. The ball game is tied 6-6. Rajay Davis, a line drive home run right down the line and left. And these fans are going wild. That was a pretty famous baseball game. Thanks, Tanny, for that choice. It's the right one, though, probably. I mean, good things happened after that. I don't know if anybody remembers. But God, that sucked so much. It's a tough moment. It's a tough moment. It's a tough, but it was a part of history. I was so angry. I was, I was so angry. It was the right choice, though, for what we're about to talk about right now. 100%. 100%. It was, uh, it was you a, wanted to talk about it. I did. I Why did. are you blaming Tanny? I, I, well, I mean, he's just. Hey, Tanny. We're going to talk about how tonight on MLB Network, they're going yeah. to revisit some of the managerial decisions of yeah. Game 7 of the World Series. Can uh, you just play the final call of them winning, please? Right, yeah. Hey, Teddy. Um, <laughs> I never doubted my mind of, of insecurity about playing that. I was like, I think that was the whole point of this venture. Oh, yeah, so no. That's why we have meetings. Yeah, yeah well, that's right. It's like I, If you can't take that, you can't take this hour special or hey, however long it's going to be. Hey, Teddy, um, hold on to this knife, would you? Um, <laughs> I want to see if it's sharp. Yeah, hey, go ahead. They hey, won the game. Hey, Get over me. it. Yeah. Yeah, they did. They really did. They won the game you're right it was good um tonight is a one hour special on mlb network with bob costas and tom verducci along with terry francona and joe madden have you ever done the thing where you watch that game again i have rewatched the game yeah. yes it's been a while but Me too. I, I, I rewatched the game 
after I found out that I got the job, actually. Oh, I, I get yeah, it. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Rewatched it back then. Yeah. So yeah, 2017. Yeah. You watched it for the first time after you got hired here. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I better watch some baseball. Did you I catch like up? Baseball. What's happened That's a here? joke. That's a funny uh, joke. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, he had accidentally recorded you. it over the Royals uh, World Series win. I have. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, before. Yeah. Why he was doing stuff on VHS tape, I'll never know. <laughs> I'll never know. But they didn't have the DVD in Kansas City. So when I rewatched it on the DVD, like a couple years later or whatever, um, I got exactly as angry when Kyle Hendricks was taken out after a borderline call and he brought John Lester in for a dirty inning. Yeah. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> and then, you know, when Chapman is just out there and that home run happens and then Chapman stays out there. Chapman was out there for oh, a long time. He had nothing left. He's just throwing <laughs> sliders because he knows he doesn't have heat. He threw like nine straight sliders. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> he was out there a what long time. What are you time. doing? And tonight, as I watch this thing, I know that Joe is going to continue to not Point the thumb even a little. It's going to be, what, a quintuple, a septuple down? Oh, way more, dude. I, I, way. How, how many times do you think Joe Madden has been asked oh. about his decisions in Game 7 of the World Series? I mean, he was the manager after that. He faced the Chicago media 500 times after that. Yeah, I, I know. It's just, woo. Yeah, because he screwed up. He screwed up a lot. Screwed the pooch. It was real bad. And so tonight, watching Joe kind of like, try to talk his way around some of those uh, decisions, I wouldn't be surprised if Terry Francona chuckles involuntarily. <laughs> that's, what I'll be, that's, what I'll, that's one thing I'll be looking for tonight. As Joe dances and doesn't point the thumb, does Francona even let a wry grin go? It'd be funny if he did acknowledge that the guys picked me up, but didn't acknowledge that that was an acknowledgement. Because that was the thing that the the not-so-quiet word was like, just like, hey, man, just... Just own it. Like, just just own it to the team in the rain delay. Own it to the team at the parade. Own it to the team at spring training spring next training. year. Yeah, like, yeah. a lot of places you could own it. The belief in Joe decayed from that night steadily until the end of the relationship. And part of it has been his inability to own it. Which and- is a wild thing. And it, that is a crazy thing. Because I do still think that Joe Madden is very, very, very popular with Cubs fans. I agree. I, I, I He's agree. He's the manager who won a World Series for the Cubs. But but his inability to own it and the decay in confidence and the decay of that relationship was certainly a part of the underachievement post-2016. I'm not saying it was the only thing. but It, it definitely was, wasn't the I only know, thing. Yeah. But it was certainly a part. Well, and and I think it was – I don't know the answer to this. I've talked to players and management types about it. How would you say, do you think it cost him more with the players or with the front office? Because I think it cost him with both. It definitely cost him with both. And it, I, think, it, 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 I think it cost him, it, it definitely cost him with both. In terms of more, I don't know. It's a good question. Because I just, obviously the front office relationship frayed over a number of issues. Yeah. Right? Like not taking ownership of it and then not, and then being, what would you say, stubborn? Yeah, be, be, a little obstinate. Uh, uh, yeah, little just a little defiant of new ways of doing things, of feedback inputs. I bought myself thirty seconds, and I can now answer the, your question. Um, I think it cost him more with the players because the players. I mean, because baseball is a game of failure. It is a game of mistakes, and yeah. how can you? 
be taken seriously talking to them about their mistakes and expect them to be vulnerable as you need to be when you are not that way yourself. And it, it creates a, a, a layer of discomfort and disingenuousness that that decayed, um, that led to some decay. So I think it was more with the players. It'll be... It- Front office is the one who ended up not renewing the contract. Though. Yeah, it definitely cost them there too, for sure. Uh, but it, it was it was done by then. The relationships were done by then. We've got baseball on the score tomorrow. Oh Re- my goodness! Quick, speak something to watch out for tonight. I don't know if they'll say this. I found out a very fun fact about that World Series final Th- game seven. Thank you, Trevor Bauer and Mike Montgomery threw the last pitch respectively for their teams in that World Series. High school teammates. Wow, that's interesting. How insane is that? That's crazy. I didn't know they were high school teammates. High school teammates each threw the last pitch, respectively, for the team in the World Series. And things have gone great for both of them since then. (laughs) Very different ways, but yes. Uh, All right. Really bad for one of them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Mike Montgomery hasn't (laughs) had the career that he's wanted either. But, okay. I don't think that'll come up in the documentary tonight. I don't know. It could. It came up on Theo Vaughn's podcast. So <laughs> did it really? never know. I think he works with Marky. Wow. Well, Theo did. It's a, on MLB now. He did a great job. I think he works for them too. Putting that together. <laughs> so many jobs. Oh, Theo Vaughn. I get it. Yeah, yeah. Different guy. My bad. So we are on after Cubs and White Sox tomorrow. How about it? So short show tomorrow, but probably we'll still be spring training games go fast. Probably, I don't know. We'll be on sometime in the four o'clock hour uh, tomorrow after Cubs and White Sox. Connor O'Donnell. Congrats. Congrats, Connor. Baby girl Hannah home uh, from the NICU. Phenomenal. Congrats to the O'Donnell family. Uh, No few, if any, people who deserve it more. So congrats to the O'Donnells, Kevin Lapka, Twitch chat video stream. Thank you, sir. Shane Reardon, our executive producer. Thank you, sir. Chris Tannehill making us sound better than we are each and every day. For Matt Spiegel, I'm Danny Parkins. We are Parkins and Spiegel. This is the score. Uh, Good luck to y'all. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.